ready to get his hand back to the plow. Heavenly Father, we come before you today grateful for the servants you have placed in our lives, your servants to minister your word to us. We are thankful for people who have devoted their entire lives to serving you. We are thankful for pastor who rightly divides the word of truth every Sunday from this pulpit, spending hours upon hours upon hours each week preparing to share the mighty truths, the precious jewels that he has found in the scriptures and points them to us along the way. May we as a congregation, as, as, as um, your people, may we, may we not be stubborn sheep. May we follow well. May we look in awe as the majesties of your grace are pointed out. I ask, Lord, that you will give us a time of wonderful worship today. May we see you afresh. May we see you in your glory. And may we honor you throughout, not just this time here together, but as we go forward into the world as your church, proclaiming your word to the world. I just pray this in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. I love how God works. I had not seen anything Sue was going to share, but it fits so well with what the Lord had laid upon my heart. Let us open our Bibles today to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. This is believed to be Paul's final epistle. He's talking to his student in the gospel, his protege, his, um, the man he deposited so much of his life into, Timothy. And one of the last things he tells him, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who are able to teach others also. Paul had this desire that the word of God go forward and go forward powerfully beyond his time on earth. He knew his time was coming to an end. And he had spent time with Timothy. He had spent time sharing with Timothy, bringing him along in the ministry. And now he was instructing Timothy, it's time for you to take what I have been given and shared with you and move it on to the next generation. That's what we want to look at today. I want you to take just a couple minutes here, 
maybe a minute or two. And I want you to, to think back. Think about the person or people that God used to share the gospel with you. And take it just a second to praise God that someone did. That someone took the time to share the gospel with you. For many of us, it could have been a powerful preacher who preached faithfully every single Sunday from the Word of God. But that's not everyone. For many of us, it was a Sunday school teacher who every week faithfully taught the Scriptures, laying the groundwork for the faith that would blossom. For many of us, it was a friend who compassionately pointed you to Jesus in your time of need. For many, there was a mother in your home who faithfully displayed what godly love looks like day in and day out. And for many of us, there was a father who led his family the best he could. He showed humility and demonstrated servant leadership by faithfully following God, repenting when they needed to, and asking forgiveness from his family, but loving the Lord all along. Now, some of us can relate to those images. Most of us should be able to probably pick out one or two but those are people God has put in your life and in my life to lead us to him, to help us to grow, all because the gospel was transferred from one generation to another. There's an unbroken chain from here, where we are now, going back through the ages, back to the apostles, back to Christ himself who gave us the gospel and has changed our lives. God has been faithful, preserving his gospel, and has now come to us. And he expects us now to pass on the same inheritance. Let's look at the passage one more time. Well, we'll probably look at it several more times, but verse 2 specifically. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So the question I present to you today and the question I have for you today is, what is this that we are, move, that we are sharing with others? What is this that we are moving on to the next generation. A few of us may have that rich uncle who gives a, a, a big earthly inheritance, but that's very, very few. I don't know if anyone in this congregation may have that experience. Most of us will get some type of heirloom from our family. It may be a treasured um, piece of jewelry that's been in the family for 
generation upon generation. Some of us, it may be a handed-down Bible. It may be something physical. But that's not what Paul's talking about here. What we have in Christ is so much greater than any physical treasure that can be passed down. What we have in Christ is so much more than any trinket. I don't mean to speak lightly of family heirlooms. They're precious. They're, they're nice. But they're not Christ. One thing we... Uh, so, so it's not physical inheritance. It's not anything like that. What, what is it he wants us to pass down? Well, it's not even family traditions or earthly traditions. There are traditions that churches have had over the years. You may go to a church where... Every single um, time they get together, that there's a communion. You may have seen those type of churches. That, 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 that's a tradition that's passed down over time. But, but that's not what Timothy is talking, or Paul's talking about to Timothy. I was at a church, I grew up in one, where at the end of every service, we sang the same song. Worthy is the Lamb, pointing us back to Christ. Great, great memories. But that's not what he's referring to. What he is referring to is the gospel. The gospel is the key thing Paul is telling Timothy we are passing on. We are passing on the gospel. Now, what is the gospel? We're going to be very specific here. The gospel is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you have your Bible, turn there with me. First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. Paul is kind enough to give us a very specific definition of what the gospel is. For I deliver to you as of first importance that I also receive, received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. That is the gospel. Jesus died for our sins, and he was raised on the third day. Praise God he did. If we're going to pass on this inheritance, first off, we have to have it in and of ourselves, we have to come to the place where we know that Jesus died for our sins. Now, just taking a moment here, this is a very cool two-part uh, section that Paul divvied out. He had at the end of each section, according, well, in each section, according to the Scriptures. He was doing a literary thing here. The first section of the part of the Gospel is Christ died for our sins. He died came to earth. Jesus took on flesh, lived among us for 33-ish years, died on a cross, not just because, hey, it seemed like a good idea. He died on a cross to save us 
from our sins and restore a relationship with God, which we could not do by ourselves. He did the impossible. And we have to come to the place where we know that we cannot have a relationship with God apart from him. And that's when we come to the place of putting our faith in Jesus Christ, who did the work for us. It's not Jesus Christ died for our sins and we have to do X, Y, and Z, jump through hoops, read the Bible through. We don't have all these extra requirements. The gospel is Jesus died for our sins and he rose again on the third day. We do not come here every Sunday to have a memorial service for a person who is dead in the grave. We come here to worship the mighty God who conquered sin and death and is sitting on the right hand of the Father, Jesus Christ. He is no longer in the grave. We are are here worshiping the mighty God. Jesus not only came and died, but he rose again. We serve a living Savior. We can pray with him every single day, every single minute. We are struggling. He's there for us. We need help. He's there for us. Our family is hurting. He's there for us. The first thing we have to do if we're going to transfer our, the gospel from this generation to the next, is we have to own it ourselves and be a possessor of this great, wonderful thing called the gospel that he has given to us. He's given us the most precious thing he has, his son, and given us the responsibility of sharing that with others. The news of the gospel is the most glorious thing And I don't want to rush past it because I want you to see how amazing this is. God very well could have sent out all of his angels to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. He could have done that. And it may have been, you know, in our minds, more effective. You see these huge angelic beings and scare you half to death, and he gives us a message. But God, in his wisdom, gave his most precious truth to the apostles and told them, you go out. You, you mere uneducated men who, when the, the great philosopher saw him, say, these men have been with Jesus. He gave them the gospel and trusted them to go from person to person to person to person sharing his most precious announcement. He didn't give this to angels. He could have. He gave it to his church. He gave it to his people. And he has entrusted it to us. We must not be the foolish servant who, God, who the master gives the single talent to, and we say, I'm going to, well, 
this is a big burden, the gospel. What if I mess it up? What if I share it wrong? What if I say the wrong things? And so I'm just going to keep that gospel to myself. I'm going to love it, treasure it. It's great. I love it. It's wonderful. But I'm not going to share it with anyone else. Is that how God designed it? No. He designed to be more like the other servants who he was given the talents and multiplied it as he sent it forth. Now, when we go through this process of sharing the gospel, of living the gospel, of, of, of discipling other people, as we go through that process, it's a difficult, long process. It starts at our homes. It starts with our families. But there's a big problem when we start with our families. We're sinful people, and they're around us all the time. They see our sinfulness. They see our weakness. That's one of the reasons we have to be transparent with our, with our children. Not completely transparent, you know, not all details, but we have to be transparent, and we struggle we hurt. We need Christ just as much as they do. We are not perfect parents. We are not perfect people. But we are people who God is working in. And we want to develop an environment where God is at work in our homes and in our families. God should be spoken about. The gospel should be spoken about. But if the gospel is spoken of and the actions don't reflect it, it's a mockery. But if, the gospel, if our actions are showing a changed life, but we don't share the gospel, then it looks like it's all self-discipline and you can do it and why didn't you work harder? That's not the gospel either. The gospel is proclaiming Christ crucified and him risen again and walking the life of God changing you. Because when he saves you, he changes you. It has to be both and. Not only does it start at our home, but it then proceeds out to other people. In 2 Timothy Timothy was instructed to look for faithful people in order to deposit the, the gospel to. You are, when you, when you take time and, 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 and disciple someone, you have no idea the impact you're going to have on a person's life. When I was um, between my junior and senior year in high school, my high school Bible teacher decided he had to work during the summers, and he, he did, was a handyman construction stuff, and he decided to hire me. I knew nothing, and I was probably more of a cost to him than a help. But during those three months, I probably learned more theology. I probably learned more about living out the Christian life in a condensed time than maybe any, maybe any other time in, in my life. 
where during those times we had what, what, what we called rooftop theology, just up on a roof, working, putting on a new roof, talking about the things of God, and spending the summer with this man eight, ten hours a day was a huge moment in my, in my life. Look for those whom you can spend time with, who you can share the things of God with. The things of God are not meant to be buried in a field to keep, be kept safe for you, but point them out to people. Point out what God is doing. Point out what God has done. You're basically a tour guide to the world of, look how amazing our God is. And the most frustrating thing, oh, backing up a little bit, Sorry, I, I guess I'm bouncing around some. When we're working with our families, our, our kids, our spouses, our husbands, or our, our um, sisters, brothers, parents, extended family, one of the most frustrating things is we can't change people. We can't make someone accept the gospel. We can point it out, we can share it, we can make it look glorious, but we can't do it. The only one who can change a broken heart or, is Christ. He's the one who takes the heart of stone and gives people a heart of flesh. He's the one who changes people's lives. All you can do is point out how glorious he is, and he is glorious. And then pray, 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 pray. Point out some more, pray some more. That's it. But that's what God has called us to, and it's a mighty, mighty work. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the chance just to share a little bit about passing on the gospel from one generation to another. Lord, I ask that we will not take lightly the things that you have given to us, but that we will hold it tight, that we will cherish it, that we will share with others and point out your majesty and your grace. May people who, any who are here today who have yet to come to you as their Savior, I ask that you will do a work in their lives. May, may they see you as the glorious one that you are. And I ask that you will help us to, as a church, be willing to step out in faith and share when the opportunities arise. I thank you for your goodness and grace. I thank you that you've brought us here together to worship you. May we go forward in your, your spirit and, 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 and in your power. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.